Hey, I have an important message for you. Listen to me very carefully. For the health and well-being of everyone, take off your mask. You think I'm joking? No. Take them off now and never put them back on. During this pandemic, actually, yes, especially during COVID-19, take off your mask. You think I'm kidding? I am absolutely serious. Your health and the well-being of everyone around you depend on it. If you truly love yourself and those around you, you will know that you need to take off your mask. Welcome to Therapists in Motion podcast, brought to you by Spooner Physical Therapy. So welcome back, Movement Specialist, to a new episode of Therapists in Motion. My name is Andrew Walquist, and I've been given this phenomenal opportunity to do a solo episode. Thankfully, Dan and Paul have asked me to be an occasional guest of a few episodes in the past, but after saying, take off your mask, I realize I might not be asked back. Now, before you unsubscribe to this podcast, or before you bombard me or Spoonal Physical Therapy with ugly emails, let me clarify my urgent health announcement regarding masks. In regards to PPE, you know, your cotton mask, surgical mask, N95, KN95, etc. Please wear those masks. I do not claim to know more than the CDC, the WHO, or local or national governments, or leading immunologists on this topic. And I am definitely not in the mood to have a political debate or discussion on amendment rights. Until our governing authorities and scientific community deem it safe to go without, I reiterate, please wear those masks. At the same time, I pray that you're actually practicing without a mask. And even more importantly, I hope you're living your life without one. Now you may be asking, Andrew, you're telling me to not wear my mask at the same time you are telling me I need to actually wear my mask? Yup. Confused yet? I hope so. So let's just talk about it. So I've been blessed to be a PT for more than 11 years. And I want to let you know that I truly love our profession. Despite the ups and downs that I've had, I still love how much impact that we have on a person's unique body, mind, and spirit. I don't know of another health profession that allows so much one-on-one patient contact time that is so process-driven. So during my 11 years of practice, I've been given the opportunity to do lots of fun things. I've been able to teach, train, mentor, administratively support hundreds of people. And that's not even including my patients. So to give you a little background, I have loved giving tons of therapists and services. I've instructed many as a credentialed CI for lots of PT and PTA students. I've mentored multiple new grad PTs. I've actually produced and published videos for movement specialists with my good buddies, Steve Tuff and Austin Kachi. I've served on the board of a nonprofit called CCM, Christ Cares Ministries, that really serves the medically, um, medically and materially for those that are underinsured and uninsured. I've given many community in-services about health and wellness, and most recently, I've been faithfully executing my role as a clinic director of a small but excellent team in the Woodlands, Texas for the past three years. So, just for perspective, 
I love being surrounded by many, many people who want to grow and change. Not just patients, but colleagues. And really, with you too, podcast listeners, I'm confident that you are listening to this podcast because, in a way, you're like me. You want to learn and grow. I hope you're not listening to this podcast for answers and the right way of doing things. If you're doing that, I'm going to fail you miserably. More on that in a few minutes. This podcast is really for me to have you be curious about it. Have you reflect, ask more questions to grow you. And honestly, I'm growing me by doing it too. So let's just say that during this podcast, we're just growing us. So with that being said, do you want to know what the proudest moments of my career are? If you ask another clinician, they might tell you about the time that they cured that patient in one visit, or when they were able to diagnose an ultra-rare condition, or whenever they were able to be the first person to really help another patient who failed at multiple other disciplines. You might even hear about someone, about a PT, saying that they were able to treat a celebrity or professional athlete. So while I've been given those opportunities, those aren't my proudest moments. The proudest moments in my career have been when it have been whenever I've been able to help another person really open up. So I have four examples. The first example is whenever I vividly remembered I was a CI for a student PT. She had really low self-esteem. She came to me one day and she was so happy that she was able to take the next step, the biggest step in her professional formation journey and say that she no longer felt like an imposter. Second example, I remember having a patient share with me through her tears that she was so close to committing suicide before she entered our clinic's encouraging healing environment. That was an amazing day. Third example, (laughs) I remember laughing with one of my mentees whenever he thought that clamshells were actually the best strengthening exercise for the glutes. But after a bit of time with me, he realized full body functional mechanics and that he was so happy that he was able to realize that the body is just not, the glutes were not just about clamshells. And most recently, my fourth example, I had a clinician on my staff independently navigate a successful treatment of a really complex patient. She admitted that a year before, Treating a patient like that would have brought her to tears, but how confident and how good she felt that she was actually able to do it. Those are the proudest moments of my career. And when you take a look at it, they have two things in common. They're very similar. The first thing, all those four people, they're brave enough to take off their masks. And the second thing is that I was just there to witness it. So what do you mean masks? How are they wearing masks? This was before COVID-19. These people were all wearing various masks, personality masks. My student, she was wearing the mask of insecurity. She was feeling like she did not belong in her profession, an imposter. My formerly suicidal patient, she was wearing that mask of hopelessness as she was navigating through the darkness of depression. My clamshell mentee, He was wearing the mask of doubt, sticking to what he knew, published literature, but without really taking a step back 
and readily branching out to adopt, discover new principles, strategies, and techniques. And most recently, my clinician, she was wearing the mask of fear. She wasn't trusting what she knew, and she was lacking confidence in herself and her potential. Now, with all those people, I don't really know the history of when they decided to put that initial mask on, or why they actually continue to wear it. I'm not sure if it's because of a past failure scarred them too deeply, or they're wearing it to protect them from some sort of future failure. But the one thing I know, I saw that these people were wearing them. And when they were wearing these masks, they were stuck. They struggled. And they were definitely not living to their fullest potential. So as you know, podcast listeners, PPE, those masks, they suck. They're uncomfortable. They hide your face. They hide your emotions. You smile less. Your message is muffled at best. You can hardly breathe. You don't look like yourself. You don't feel yourself. All in all, it's nearly impossible to be yourself. Are you like me in that you long for that long lunch break? Or that sip of water? Or the end of the day or the long weekend when you can finally take your mask off and be yourself? Of course, from a safe social distance. But in the end, you wear these PPE masks to protect others and yourself, and so it's worth it. But the masks of that those four people, those four examples we're wearing, the masks of insecurity, doubt, fear, hopelessness, let's compare those to PPE. These masks are much worse. Sure, they do all the things that I just said. They're uncomfortable. They hide yourself, your emotions, your smile, your message. But I believe that the personality masks we wear are so much more restrictive, limiting, annoying, gross-stunting, time-wasting, energy-sapping, morale-killing, and soul-sucking. And to top it all off, unlike PPE, those masks do nothing to protect you and do nothing to help other people. In fact, I believe they are slowly killing your true self and minimizing, if not eliminating, your ability to serve others. And yet, people continue to wear them. If I'm honest, the most frustrating times in my career have been when people continue to wear those masks despite my greatest effort to rip them off. I have a mini meltdown when I can't get in the same rhythm as that patient or crack that tough, hard shell of a colleague. I have a rough time when I can't get a concept through to a patient or a student because they didn't want to or they couldn't hear it yet. And I really despise it when others have that I'm too cool or I'm so perfect or I definitely know better than you kind of attitude. Who are they trying to fool? They are so fake, so disingenuous. Their personality masks are fooling no one. Their masks are stunting their growth, hamstringing their workflow and productivity, and they become toxic to team dynamics, making them a pain to be around and to work with. Before proceeding, I think I need to give you an observation and a confession. Do you know why that stereotypical jerk high school jock makes others feel insecure? Or why that stereotypical gossiping prom queen Instagram shames the looks of another? The answer is pretty simple, right? That jock is actually insecure. And the prom queen, well, she doesn't feel so pretty after all. So here's my observation about human nature. 
Typically, the issues that annoy you the most in other people are most often the issues that you actually struggle with yourself. Do you see how this is true in your life as a professional? Well, let's be honest now. Isn't this why we're annoyed when we have that colleague suck up to the boss to get attention? We want attention ourselves, don't we? This is also why that show-off colleague pisses us off. It isn't because they're showing off, it's because deep inside, we want to show off as well, or at least just be seen, recognized. Isn't it easy to see how our biggest annoyances in other people are actually struggles of our own? Well, better yet set, and I think I need to make this personal, my biggest annoyances in others actually reflects my own biggest struggles. So here's my confession. I don't think I was quite honest with you about the most frustrating times in my career. Remember when I told you that the most frustrating times in my career are when others needlessly, stupidly wear some masks? Let me be honest. The most frustrating time of my career? Heck, the most frustrating time of my life? Happened when I've caught myself with a mask on. When I strap that mask and act like I'm not even wearing one. If I'm truly honest with myself and with you, it happens way too frequently. So what are my masks? Do you want to know? Well, I'll tell you. This is, this is my solo podcast episode. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> well, let me tell you about a couple. Honestly, I think I have a lot. But after just listening to me, I doubt that they'll be a surprise to you. So... My first mask. I think this is the one that I most often wear. It is called the mask of performance perfection. So I'm a maximizer. I try to give it my all. Work at 100%. Life at 100%. Family at 100%. I like to do things right at the first time. But do you know what? Sometimes, big surprise, I can't give 100% at my work. I'm not able to maximize my schedule or have the most fluid treatment sessions. My mind or my hands can be tired. And sometimes I can't give my patients what they deserve. Then their treatment suffers. Their pain has a longer duration. They don't progress as quickly as they should. This is what happens when I can't give them my all. And let's be honest. Even when I'm working at max capacity, I still miss things. I still miss important critical information in patient episode or just forget things. And so what do I do in those situations? Do I admit that I struggle, communicate with my team, ask for help, research what I don't know? I'd love to tell you I do that all the time. But you know what? When I wear that mask, it's like I'm thinking, nah, that, oh, that's too hard. I'll just put on this performance perfection mask instead and I'll just march onward. And you know what? I think I can fake people in that mask so well. I can get so comfortable in this mask because I can continue to think that I'm smart, that I'm grounded, and I'm getting good results after all. I mean, it's me, right? I mean, look at me, was sometimes what I think. I'm pretty much like Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way, right? But inevitably, you know this, life happens. My world crashes down on me. 
I see an uptick in my cancellation rate or I get a dip in my satisfaction rate or I receive that negative patient feedback or need to have that awkward conversation with a patient or I've even had worse. I've had a patient fall. I've had a patient sustain an avulsion fracture of their patella with a prescribed exercise. And I've even had a patient dislocate their hip wall under my watch. All of this has happened to me. All of this has completely deflated me. These are real life episodes that I've encountered. And these things, and when I went through this, it tore off my mask. I thought I was comfortable in this mess, but it tore it off. I was exposed. And then all of a sudden, I could see, everyone could see, that I failed. And man, some of those were miserable failures. I was humbled, humiliated. Didn't I tell you earlier that I'm a failure and that if you give me enough time that I'm going to fail you? I still feel those failures today. And I continue to shudder. Do you want to know the absolute worst thing? Once the dust settles after these failures, and all and all of me is spectacularly exposed to the world that how, how much of a failure I am, do you know what I choose to do? Well, I go searching for that mask. I dust it off and I slap it back on. And I somehow continue to think that I'll someday achieve perfection and avoid these failures. How naive and dysfunctional is that? You see, this performance perfection mask is actually rooted in in insecurity, my insecurity. I don't feel like I don't want to seem less than to others. I don't like admitting to others or myself or even my creator that I'm imperfect. But to be honest, does my imperfection surprise you? No. Ancient wise writings state, If we have no shortcomings, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I love this passage and all of its honesty. Let me say it again in a way that's personal to me. If I say I have no shortcomings, I deceive myself and the truth is not in me. What I love about this passage is, is that if I'm real, I have to admit that I have issues, flaws, and struggles. And when I don't admit this basic human fact, I'm not being truthful. I'm being a liar. I'm being fake. And you know what? I'm not fooling anyone. And even more, when I do put this mask on, I only deceive myself. So when I act in that perfect, I know it all and I'm better than you attitude, I think I'm fooling others. But in actual, in, but in all actuality, I am the fool. Everyone, and especially you podcast listeners, are much smarter than that. I bet if you've listened to enough of our podcasts, you can easily see that I'm imperfect. I stutter, I stumble, I make lots of mistakes. So here is me with my performance perfection mask off. Do you like what you see? <laughs> well, At least you see me for what I am, an utter failure, even on the best of my days. So my second mask is actually a special mask because there's basically three masks in one. It is the self-wounding martyr of busyness 
mask. I'll say that again. Self-wounding martyr of busyness. So we're just going to take these all one at a time, and we'll do it in reverse order. Busyness. Oh man, how I like to wear that mask of busyness. I feel this compulsion that I need to be busy. While this is true in most situations in my life, this is especially true at work. I can be such a busybody and I can completely miss the obvious. While trying to max- maximize productivity, while I know that's necessary for healthcare, being too busy makes patients suffer and limits the necessary time it takes for me to reflect and grow. I have lost more patients than I can count because I've not kept the main thing, them, the main thing. Okay, the mask of martyrdom. When I wear this mask, I love to have people admire me or pity me for how productive I'm being. After all, look at me, look at what I'm doing. I'm so busy saving the patient, saving my colleagues, saving my clinic. Heck, I'm saving the PT profession as a whole. I'm pretty much the superhero of being busy and I'm willing to sacrifice myself to complete my to-do list. (laughs) Yep, how do you like that mask? And the third mask, self-wounding. So what do I mean when I say self-wounding? Well, so as a natural busybody, I realize that I need to be productive. So what, what happens to me whenever I am a busybody and want to be productive and I think I need more time? I actually add more to my plate. I add more to my to-do list. That way, I can be the superhero and villain simultaneously. And I want people to feel for me. So that, those are my three-in-one masks, the self-wounding martyr of busyness. Isn't that a crazy mask to wear? So let me go back. I think I first realized that I had some form of this mask a few years ago when I was driving to work early one morning. It was 5.30 in the morning. The sun wasn't up and I was driving through a really dark stretch of road when I suddenly drove past a disabled car parked awkwardly between the right lane and the right shoulder. Of course, I, you know, the superhero, was in the left lane going fast and drove right by. It wasn't until a few moments later that the situation finally registered in my thick skull that someone could have actually been in that car and needed some help. So in that moment, do you know what I did? Did I turn around? Nah, it's too busy for that. Well, at least, you know, I felt maybe I had to do something. So I did call the police and I reported the disabled vehicle and then I still felt kind of guilty and so I called up a colleague that I knew was going to be heading up there in the next few minutes to stop by and check on the car. I mean, when you take a big step back, how screwed up is that? I mean, I would love to make excuses and tell you that in the morning I was maybe half asleep or everything went so so quickly that I didn't have enough time to register. Well, that that's kind of true. But is that a great excuse? Well, I think I could tell you another excuse about how later we that colleague that we stopped by, that car's actually abandoned, so you know, no harm, no foul. But I didn't know that at the time. I still can't hide from the fact that I was too busy to stop. There could have been a person in that car with cardiac arrest or or giving birth to their firstborn, you know, I have no idea. 
But in that moment, I was too busy. That was a hard reflection to manage. So you see, this mask of busyness, it often blinds me to what is truly important in life. I can get so busy trying to do important things that I don't prioritize the most important things. I believe that the mask is rooted in fear. Fear that if I slow down, someone will think that I'm not trying hard or I'm not doing my best. I fear that they won't recognize me for my hard work and the good that I'm trying to do. So it's easy for me to get busy with a busy work and lose sight of what's important. After this incident, it forced me to build better boundaries and give me some margin in my life where I didn't need to be so busy. I have some self-care time that is just as critical to my mental health as it is important to the ones that I serve now. So while I still wear this mask far too much, and I still love to use it as my superhero costume, I did actually have a minor success story just a couple weeks ago. I was on my way to work once again. It was really early in the morning, about 5 o'clock in the morning, and I was actually the first medical responder to a motorcycle accident. But did this change all come? But all this change, it had to come from a failure. I mean, I'm happy to say that I'm happy that things, some things have changed. I've grown a little bit in the past four years. How about you? Do some of your biggest changes come through your failures? Well, for me, I knew that the best part is when I failed, I was actually surrounded. When I fail in life in general, I'm surrounded by others who actually see me with my mask off. And do you know what they do? They still support me. They curb my behaviors. But you know what? They encourage me to press onwards. Through failure, I have received the very thing that I've needed all along, the help, the mentorship, and the support of others. So, you might be asking, whoa, Andrew, you went down some crazy rabbit holes here. Why am I... Why is he sharing this with the podcast listeners? Well, (laughs) it could be possible that a little bit of that self-wounding mask is on there, hanging on my chin. I am well aware of the irony and maybe even some of the hypocrisy that is going on right now. But I'm really trying to be honest with you because another truth emerges. Behind honesty is something special. Behind the ugly truth, there is usually something beautiful. And I'm not talking about my face. I got a perfect face for podcasting. The beautiful thing is, is that when my mask comes off, I look more like the person I was created to be. You can see more of the person I was created to be. Uniquely me. Yes, the lanky guy with a receding hairline with terrible dad jokes but still me. When my mask of performance perfection is off, I am more myself. I can actually evaluate my patients more deeply. I can go down deeper with them in their medical history and how their body moves to find the best starting block for treatment because I'm trying to to grow, to be just as secure with my successes 
as my failures. So when the mask of self-wounding, busy martyr is off, I can slow myself down. Imagine that. And when I slow myself down, I can actually finally hear what the patient has been quietly telling me all along. So my personal belief is that you, listeners, that you are created uniquely. I believe that you're also educated, trained, and specialized to impact your patients and our professions in a way that is specialized to you. I believe that you are a piece of the puzzle, a critical piece of the puzzle in our profession, as well as this life, fulfilling a purpose that only you can fill. So I know this might sound incredibly corny, but I believe that you have been created on purpose for a purpose. When I have a student for a rotation, I make sure to tell them that I'm not trying to make them little versions myself and have more mini Andrews in the clinic. My staff will tell you, one, oftentimes, most of the time, is too much. (laughs) Rather, I tell my students that they are bringing a unique perspective into our clinic, that their eyes will see something that I don't see. Their brain will be able to anticipate a barrier that was not even on my radar, and that their intuition can lead us down a diagnosis and treatment pathway that is more relevant to the patient. Those students have way more to offer than they believe. Most front office workers and techs have way more to offer in positively impacting the patient experience than they believe. And I believe that you, podcast listener, wherever you are, whatever stage you are in in your career, whatever title you hold from student to CEO, or how many letters you do or don't have after your name, despite your feelings of inadequacy, perfection, doubt, fear, burnout, or hopelessness, you have something incredible to offer your patients. You have something incredible to offer your clinic. And you have something spectacular to offer your profession. And you are the only one can fill that void. I just think first, you gotta take off your mask. So, I shared mine. What are yours? Don't fool yourself and think that you don't have any. Don't be like me and think that that mask of performance perfection is fooling anyone. You, like me, like everyone, wears a mask. Just as there's hundreds of varieties of PPE, there are many types of personality masks too. So, I'll ask you again. What are your masks? So, if you don't know, Remember the high school jock prom queen? Their masks are more easily visible to us because they are not our own. We are conditioned to see masks more easily in others than in ourselves. So, if you don't know what masks you wear, I'm going to give you three challenges. The best things in life come in threes anyways. So here's your first challenge. This is your easy one. Reflect on the character flaws that annoy you the most in other people. How does this apply to you? Does this annoy you because you actually struggle with it too? When do you wear this mask? How often do you wear this mask? 
So that's your first challenge. Your second challenge. Your second challenge I will call the mask ask. Ask someone you know well about what kinds of masks you wear. Ask your significant other, ask your husband or wife, ask your parents. But don't butter them up first and really make them say what you want to hear. Hope for, beg for an honest answer. It may wound your pride, but remember, your mask doesn't fool anyone. You actually very well may be the last person to know about your mask that you've been wearing for years, decades. You should know the masks you wear for your health and your ability to serve others. You have to know. So and this is your third challenge. Surround yourself with others that you want to see, that want to see you without your mask. So I bet this is already true with your friend group and your, and your close family. But I bet that's why you call them your family and friends. They thoroughly enjoy your company even when your true self comes out. But this podcast is for movement professionals. So I challenge you to do this professionally. Ask a colleague that you trust to help you take off your mask. Be vulnerable with them. And they'll likely help you. Go out to lunch with them or schedule a phone call every month or so and talk about what you are learning, but also talk with what you're struggling with. So at this point in the podcast, I have to give a huge shout out to the love of my life, my wife, Sarah. Ever since she started to date me, she would not tolerate the masks that I would wear. Anytime that we'd be in a social situation and I'd be anything other than myself, she'd call me out on it. And to this day, she can easily see when a mask comes on and she has to be patient with me and still accept me. And she does that by showing me unconditional love. Some masks have taken quite a while for me to loosen up. But you know what? My wife, she still stands behind me because she believes that although I'm imperfect, I still have God-given gifts that are designed to be used to their maximum potential. I love her so much for encouraging me through this and helping me with my many, many masks. So I love you, hon. I also want to thank all those who saw through my masks at the beginning of my career. And I want to thank all those who challenged me to take those masks off, whether it be Tim Spooner or Christy Shaft or Gary Gray, Dave Tiberio, Jane Jackson, Steve Huft, Austin Kochi, John Klein, Dan Mirowski. Thank you. Really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for supporting me, challenging me, and being patient with me. And I really want to thank those poor souls that call me their physical therapist. <laughs> thank you for trusting me and being honest with me. And you know, I still shudder at the many, many ways that I was practicing at the beginning of my career and I still shudder at the times that I made huge mistakes and failed you. Thank you for appreciating that my journey is a process and that you refine me with every treatment session. So, back to the main three challenges. Number one, find out what masks you hate in others and reflect if you also wear this mask. Number two, do that mask ask. Ask someone who really knows you about what masks you wear. And number three, invest in a person, a community that allows you to be maskless and ask, 
and ask them for guidance. When you're wise enough and vulnerable enough to take off your mask, you'll be primed to fulfill that unique role in your clinic, your profession, your family, maybe even in your life. Maybe you'll be that PT that will create a new PT specialty. Or maybe you'll be that PT that will pioneer a new treatment approach or technology. Maybe you'll be the only person that can connect with that difficult patient with decades worth of persistent pain and finally make a breakthrough. Maybe you'll be that member of your clinic that elevates the whole clinic, the whole company to a whole new standard of care. You have a unique purpose and you'll quickly find out what your unique role is once you take off your mask. So, let's end right where we started. I have an important announcement for you. Listen to me very carefully. For the health and well-being of everyone, take off your mask. I am not joking. Take them off now and never put them back on. Yes, even during this pandemic, especially during COVID-19, take off your mask. You think I'm kidding? I'm absolutely serious. Your health and the health of everyone around you depend on it. If you truly love yourself and all those around you, please take off your mask. Thanks for listening. Tune in next episode.